Are y'all ready for the word? Yeah. Put your Bibles out and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to talk about the return of the gifts of the Spirit. Young man, I think your name's Paul, isn't it? Mike. Mike, Mike Justin is going to be putting that whole series you ask about on a zip drive. So we will let you know. Or you can holler at me in the next couple of weeks and we'll see if we have them ready for you. Okay, you ready? Now, Kenneth Copeland prophesied 2018 would be a return to the gifts, the nine gifts, and the nine fruit of the Spirit. And when I say a return, I guess because the, 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 word, um, the church has thought for so long now that we didn't need the gifts of the Spirit to operate a church. Well... I guess you can. You don't have to have a car. I guess you can walk. But uh, having a car is nice, right? So, so we're going to study for the next several weeks, probably the next at least month, not longer, the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. And I'm going to go into a lot of detail because I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm believing God. I'm praying for a real strong return to the gifts of the Spirit in this church. Now, Amen. how many of you were in second service Sunday morning, and wasn't that powerful? Yes. Now, that wasn't planned at all. Um, tongues of interpretation, prophecy coming forth real, real, real strong. I'm going, to, I'm going to see about someone to take the prophecy and transcribe it and make a copy for us because that was the Lord speaking to this church. So we want to, I want to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. Now, you know, when I went to Raymond, they said, anything you want to have in your church, preach on it. Let the, get the, you know, because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So, so believe with me now, just let's put our faith out for a return of all nine gifts of the Spirit. And I'm not talking about just Sunday morning. I'm talking about in your life day by day. So we're going to talk about the gifts in church. We're going to talk about the gifts in your life. We're going to talk about every bit of it. We're going to get you to where you're very comfortable operating in the gifts of the Spirit. They're for us. Uh, the Bible says covet earnestly the best gifts. Uh, if he tells you to covet something, he wants you to have it. But you have to want to have it yourself, okay? 1 Corinthians 12, starting with verse 1. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. I want you to do something right now in your Bible. Underline the word gifts. It's italicized because it is not in the original Greek. They thought they were helping you by putting the word gifts, but in this case, they did not help you. The word gifts, because it literally says this in the Greek, now concerning things of the Spirit. I don't want you ignorant. The, there's, a, there's a mindset that the, that, a, that the gifts of the Spirit are something God gives you like a gift. If I were to pull out my, my knife and give it to Mike and say, here, I have a gift for you, then it's his. He can do what he wants to. But that's not the way. Because we hear people all the time saying, I have the gift of. You don't. You, you have the Holy Ghost. He has the gifts. And when you covet the gifts, when you, when you desire the gifts, you're desiring for the Spirit of God to use you in the gifts of the Spirit, but you don't own them. You cannot flip a switch and make it work. If we could, well, we'd just do it all the time. All right. So, um, so anyway, when it says gifts, it said, now concerning spirituals, I don't want you to be ignorant. You know you were Gentiles. Now, the word Gentiles is the Greek word gohim. It means without God. And so a Jew and a Gentile means a Jew is someone who has a covenant with God. A Gentile is someone that has no blood covenant with God. So he's making a statement that says, you know you were without a covenant with God, Gentile, carried away to dumb idols, however you were led. Now in the Corinthians church here, he's talking to the people in Corinth. And, there, and so he's talking about the fact that you were a, an ignorant Gentile. Therefore, I make known to you, no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but it's the same Spirit. Now, that word gifts is, is, in, the, is in the Greek. But again, 
It's not a gift like a pocket knife, okay? We'll get into that a little later. There are diversities of gifts, but same spirit. There's differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There's differences of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. The manifestation of the, of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. To one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same spirit. To another, workings of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different, now that's italicized, divers kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one in the same spirit works each one distributing individually as who wills. He wills as God wills it. Now, why did he tell you to covet it and then it's up to him? Well, he's asking you to covet the gifts of the Spirit in your operation, in your church, in your life. But now you're going to have to let him drive the car. You're going to have to let him decide when, where, how, and what you do. You can't run around making stuff up. So there has to be a genuine moving of the Spirit of God, but you have to say, God, I'm wide open. Please use me. And so as I say that, let, uh, we're going to get into these, but let me, let me tell you some things that the Holy Ghost or gifts are not for, okay? You're going to notice that the gifts of the Spirit do not operate in most churches, even charismatic faith and word churches. Have you ever wondered why? I mean, there's a really good reason why. Because it, people have a tendency, anytime they are given liberty, to go off on the deep end with it. And uh, I call it hijacking a church. Now, I'm going to go over the things that the gifts of the Spirit are not for. Because there's always people that for whatever reason, they, they think, I have this gift. You need to sit down and shut up. I got to operate in my gift right now. And then you have to look at them and say, not right now. Please sit down and be quiet. And after a while, the pastors of churches, they just shut it all down. Rather than teaching the people how to operate and, and operate in the gifts rightly. It, it, it's kind of like what uh, out of the gun range, um, they just had a vote to get rid of shooting steel targets. There's two thousand members in the gun range but we had about 10 people misusing it breaking all the rules so 2,000 people suffered rather than deal with the 10 knuckleheads as a pastor you have to let me deal with people when they're wrong though they might get their feelings hurt and be your family and walk out because we didn't let you because you're a mighty prophet of God or whatever you think you are. And so you can't, you can't shut it down because somebody's misusing it. So it's better to teach the, you as a church so that when you see me shutting it down, you know there was a reason for that. Okay? All right, now I'm going to go over that. And now see, that was, that, what I just said was extremely important. You do not go into a church... And start speaking, and if, if that church doesn't believe in it, you'd, you're not the pastor. You don't have a right to pastor that church from the pew. Well, the Lord sent me to that old dead church hoping I could help them. No, he didn't. Because if the pastor's not going to change, you don't have a right to pastor it underneath him. You also don't have a right to take over a church service because you have a gift of the Spirit operating in your life. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. Now, because of that, because of that, then there's always baby Christians. And when, they, and when they get out of order, the best thing to do is look at them and say, not now, and talk to them later about it. There is a proper place. The Bible says do things decently and in order. That's real. That means it's possible to get this thing out of order. God is not going to hijack his own church and override the pastor of that church. Thank you for y'all's enthusiasm. See, this is very, very important. 
Now, once, now, one of the, now here, we have the gift spirit operating in first Sunday night of the month when we have prayer meeting. Why do you think I do that? You can't destroy anything Sunday night. There's nothing you can tear up. Everybody there goes, that wasn't God. All right, but Sunday morning, there's people in here who don't know. And when you stand up and go off the deep end, and I walk up and go, please sit down. Oh, I can't believe you told my mother to sit down. She's been in this church for 27 years, and all day she loves Jesus. And, you know, and all you got a church split on your hands because, you know, Mama Prophet wanted to run her mouth. <laughs> but on Sunday night, just let Mama Prophet go. Everybody goes, oh, I wish she'd shut up. That's not God. And nobody says anything about it. Are y'all out there as you go home? So we've had them operating, and we let people do all kind of stuff. I mean, just get up here and just preach, pray, prophesy, cast out devils, do what you want to. Hallelujah. And then when we get done, we'll tell you we're done. We'll all go home and have some pizza. Amen. So, but Sunday morning is a little tiny bit different because you've got your in-laws, your outlaws, and a lot of other people in here. And you've got to be very strategic in what you say from the pulpit. Now, the other thing is, is that... Most baby Christians think because you operate in the gifts, you're deep and you're spiritual. And, and so the moment that you say something to someone who's a spiritual giant, how come him to say that to them? Well, you're messing up people's lives. So most pastors just go, forget it. Well, we're not going to do that. All right, let's move on. Let's go on. What are they not? It's not a sign that you're spiritual. In the book of Corinthians, Paul said to the Corinthian church, you speak in tongues. I speak in tongues more than you all. But but he talked about them operating the gifts of spirit. Then he went on to say, but you are yet carnal. Listen, I was operating the gifts of spirit one week after I got born again. And I got news for you. I wasn't mature. Not even close to being mature. Matter of fact, some people wonder whether I am now. But that's all right. But I'm going to tell you something. If you saw me right after I got born again, you would wonder whether I was saved. And I was already operating in the gifts of the Spirit because God gave them to me to use to help people with, not as a stamp that I'm mature. You've got to know that. So when someone walks up and says, I have a word from the Lord for you. You, listen, you can take it or leave it. You know, uh, I, I, I'm going to say something to you all about my, my sons. Every woman in the church has prophesied their daughter. You're supposed to marry my daughter. Not every, not every, but. I, and I said, the day that my sons get married, there's going to be a lot of crying women running around this church. I've been prophesied I'm, a, I'm an apostle. I've been prophesied I'm a prophet. I've been prophesied I'm a teacher. I've been prophesied I'm a pastor. And I've been prophesied that I'm not even called of God. Get out of the pulpit. <laughs> Somebody is not right, right? Listen, God didn't call. He didn't give you the gifts to lead you. People come to me all the time. They gave me a word from the Lord, and I don't know what it means. Well, then throw it away. There are people. But that doesn't mean that everything that comes out of their mouth is God. That means that you can take what you want to, throw away what you want to, and if it's God, he's got ten more people to talk to you and a lot of other ways to get through to you. So if someone gives you a word from the Lord and you have no idea what they said, forget it. God never gave you the gifts of the Spirit. You are led. The Bible says they that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Now, a while ago, we were talking about the mayor of the city. Him and his wife were talking about running for mayor. When I walked up to them and said something to them by the Holy Ghost, I wasn't prophesying them to do it. I was showing them that what they were talking about privately was the Lord. Do y'all see that? So I wasn't trying to steer them anywhere. You're a, listen, you're a child of God yourself. If you want to know what God said, go talk to him. But because sometimes when he's talking to you, what he says to you is wild. 
and you're going, whoa, Jesus, are you sure? And then somebody else comes and gives you a word. You've already been talking to God. You already know that to be true. But when somebody who doesn't know you from Adam's house cat says it, you're like, okay, I'm getting it, God. That helps you. But somebody walks up and says, I prophesy unto you, I mean prophesy unto you that you're supposed to go to Russia and you don't even like sushi. Stay home. Now you understand why pastors shut this stuff down because it, 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 gets, it gets crazy. And then we become known in the city as those crazy people. We're not going to get crazy in this church with a bunch of crazy Christians running around prophesying over everybody out of your head. If it's God, let's take it. If it's not, then let's leave it alone. You have a Bible. You want a word? I got a whole book. Just read it. Okay. And don't come to me for a word. I'll hand you a Bible. Here's a word. Thus saith the Lord. Read. All right. We're going to get into all of the gifts in a little while. Y'all are going to have a lot of fun. I mean, and, and when you use them and how they help you in your life, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. A. Having a word is not a sign that your doctrine is correct. Because I give you a word from the Lord does not mean that everything I preach is God. You know how many, you know how many preachers? Well, if you saw all that God's using me for, you'd listen to me. Well, we're listening. That, listen, did God use Peter? Was Peter called to God? Did he operate in the gifts of spirit? Yeah. Did Paul have to get on to Paul to Peter about his doctrine? Yeah, he did. Called him on the carpet? Told him that what he was preaching was heresy and got him straightened out again. In the book of Acts, in the Bible. God's got a book in the Bible called First and Second Peter. God still uses Peter even though Peter got into some heresy. Boy, I mean, aren't you glad that God will just write it in the Bible the way it is? Now, most preachers are preaching everything they know. But Lord have mercy, 10 years later, they'll, they'll look at you and go, you know, I don't know if I was right about that. You, listen, you, when we preach, you have a Bible, you have the Holy Ghost, read it yourself, figure out whether we know what we're talking. If you don't like it, put it on the shelf and pray about it. No preacher has the right to make you listen to anything. You don't have to, I can't make you believe what I believe. Yes. And, and for Pete's sake, whenever you, it's your opinion, tell somebody this is my opinion. Don't say this is God when you have an opinion. I have opinions. And I can't back them up with about, you can't prove they're not true. I can't prove they are true. It's an opinion. But tell people it's an opinion. Let them make up their own mind about stuff. Amen. All right, it's not a sign that you're, everything you say is right. I'm going to tell you something right now and make you mad. I, I've talked to people that went to Andrew's school. I wish he would make a differentiation between fellowship and, and relationship. It just ticks me off that he doesn't. He might, I don't know what he believes about it, but it ticks me off. I think he's wrong. And I love him to pieces. And he's my senior in the Lord. I'm not saying that to be critical of the man at all. But he's not a perfect person. He's a great man of God. But Lord have mercy, he's not perfect. And, he, and listen, the things God uses him for, he, listen, I hadn't even gotten near what God does with that guy. But it doesn't mean I have to agree with everything he says. Now, I may find out in 10 years from now I was wrong, he was right. I doubt it. But. <laughs> it's just a pet peeve of mine. It's just little things that people do and I go, ah. Okay. The gifts of the Spirit do not take the place of your personal walk with God. The, when Mary Fran comes, she told me privately, I had a lot of things 
to say to people, and I didn't say it, because I talked to them last time, and they didn't listen. Let me tell you something. God's not leading you. You got a Bible. When you hear a word from the Lord, you're responsible for the word of God. You're running around, coming to a meeting so Mary Fran will give you a word. Are you serious? Now, I've had her prophesy to me right in my truck on the way here. I can't remember half of what she says. I need to take, Lisa even tried to get it on the phone one day. I remembered the gist of it. Okay, and I got the gist. And everything she's ever said to me so far has been dead on the money, correct. Thank God. But I don't have a friendship with Mary Fran because she has a word for me. I have a friendship with God because I have a word. And if God wants to use Mary Fran, good. If he doesn't, I'm still good with that too. I got to tell you all something really funny now that I'm thinking about it. Lisa and I went up to Mary Fran's for Thanksgiving one year. and uh, may not have been Thanksgiving. We were in Nashville, so we stopped by her house. And we're in the living room, and she says to me, Let's talk about the conversation that you and Lisa were on in on the way here about so-and-so. I went, okay. We did. <laughs> but I would not have, see, I was, Lisa and I were talking about something in this church that was dear to our hearts, a, a, a person who's, who's working in the church. And, and, and so we were talking about some decisions that we were making. They, you know, they, they're not bad people. They're just some decisions and directions for that ministry. She said, let's pick up that conversation. I mean, she's listening to this conversation, and we're 100 miles away in a car coming down a highway. Now, why did God do that? Well, he wanted us to, he wanted Lisa and I to get back in that conversation, and she had some Holy Ghost input for us on that conversation, but I didn't walk in there going, I sure hope she prophesies about our conversation. <laughs> there are things I don't tell her because I don't want it to come out of her soul. I don't want her to know. If she says something, she says something, she don't, I just leave her alone. But if, if she doesn't say something, I, I, I can talk to my dad. I got a relationship with God myself, all right, you know, y'all all right. All right, what the gifts are. What are the gifts for? Number one, they are a way to point people to Jesus and give him glory. They do not, they will not fix your insecurities. If you're insecure, operating in the gifts of spirit will not help you by being a big shot. That's, that's, that's pretty major because often people in the church, God will use them in the gifts of the Spirit, and, and their head gets so big they can't get out of the door. And then you can't tell them anything because they're a prophet. I've had people come and knock on my front door and give me words, and I just told them to go back home and, you know, quit eating pickles. Before they go to bed and, and chili with jalapeno peppers and whatever they were eating when they came up with that word from the Lord. The day I was going to die and all that. I said, ah, shut up, you foul devil from hell in Jesus' name. And I'm talking church members. I'm not talking. Pastor, I have a word for you. I doubt it. Now, I'm going to make a statement to you, make you mad. God will never use a buck private to correct a general. Amen. It don't happen in the natural, and it doesn't happen in the spiritual either. So if you have a word, just keep it. Now, if you have a word of exhortation for the body, that's fine. But you don't have one for me. Do you all understand this? God's not a fruitcake. Now, he may use Mary Fran. Well, he's not going to have some buck private walk in the general's office and say, Sir, I have a word for you. No, you'll be in the brig in about a half an hour, boy. <laughs> Even if it's true. Are y'all out there? So the stuff that people do, hallelujah, amen. All right. Now, it is a way to help people. Now, I'm going to show you some scriptures in a minute because there's a, I'm going to show you that, that even Jesus, though he's God, operated in the gifts of the Spirit. Did he need them? Yes, he did. Do you? Yes. 
Yes, you do. Now, the Bible says he was moved with compassion. The reason for the gifts of the Spirit are not to make you look good, but to help the person you're talking to. You need to stay humble. God used donkeys. He still uses donkeys. (laughs) Listen. Peter prophesied that Jesus was the Messiah and then stuck his foot in his mouth and got rebuked. You could say something from God one minute and from the devil the next. That there's, there's no, that's not, the gifts of the Spirit are not to make you look awesome. They're to make Jesus look awesome in the eyes of the person you're talking to. Let me give you a case in point here. Right after I got born again, there was a girl in my mobile home park that we had been talking to the people around us about the Lord. I had just gotten saved and we're talking to people about Jesus. Well, that night that I had poison ivy all over my body and I'm in the bedroom feeling sorry for myself. Now, I know none of you have ever laid in the bed sick and laid there and whined, why me, God? I was reading the book of Job. Pity party, pity party, pity party. I had poison ivy from my nose to my toes, and a bottle of calamine didn't go very far, even if I had the money to buy it. And I'm reading the, the book of Job, and this door, the door knocks, someone knocks on the door, and this woman brings this screaming brat into my house. In the middle of my pity party, this woman brings a brat over. Well, I was laying there. You understand this mobile home had an air condition, but it was in the living room in the window. And so that means that the only cold place in the whole mobile home was sitting four inches in front of it. Y'all been in those before, okay? 105 degrees outside and it's hot as I'll get out. And so, so I'm laying in the bed. I am not only have poison ivy, I'm sweating. It's hot. It's uh. So this brat, baby, comes over and screaming. I mean, like, ah! So I'm going to get up and give it a Daryl. Now, I've changed. But it used to be, if I didn't like you, I had a look. Would make you want to go home, woman, and take that kid with you. And so I went in the living room to give her the look. Get the, I mean, I'm, I'm miserable. How dare you bring a brat in the house while I have poison ivy? I walked in the living room, and I had a word of knowledge. The Lord said to me when I entered my living room, colic. When he said colic, I all of a sudden had a great heart of compassion rose up on the inside of me because the baby was digging its own fingernails in its hands. It was like only like a few months old. It was a newborn baby. It had its fists balled up and screaming because all I know is that its guts were hurting. And when I saw that the baby had colic, which I didn't know what that was, I used to be introvert, so I said, God, if you want me to pray for the baby, you got to get the mama out of here. Folks, I didn't, I didn't even t- hardly talk to people. I know y'all are going, that's a miracle. <laughs> so when then she looked at me and said, oh, my God, I think I left my stove on. And she took the baby and threw it into my hands. I grabbed that baby in my hands. The woman ran out of the door, and I said, in the name, the power of God came out of my belly, down my arm, hit that baby, bam, and healed its body instantly. Now, that's a word of knowledge. That's the gift of faith and the, and the gifts of healings all operating at that moment, and I'm still cussing. Back to what I was telling you about being a baby Christian. Not a proof that I'm mature at all. Why was I in there? To give her the old ugly. Okay. When she came back, I thought the baby, I didn't know enough about God. 
I thought the baby fell asleep. It fell out in the power in my hands because the gift of God that came on me the day I got saved is the same gift I'm operating in right now. It's just that he gave it to me when I was just a baby Christian and I started operating in it when I was a baby Christian. So I, the lady comes back over, she's crying, she goes, oh, thank you, I knew you'd pray. And she was so excited. Do you think that she fell in love with Jesus after that? Yeah, it wasn't for me, but it became for me. And I'll tell you why. When I turned around, now remember, remember the gifts are not for me. They were for her and her child. Now, when I turned around, and I turned around to go back down the hall to lay in my bed, because, folks, I got, I got poison ivy everywhere. I got, it, I got it in my face, under my neck, under my arm. I mean, I'm just covered in poison ivy. And the Holy Ghost said, now you, you, and healed me instantly. And I said, why did you wait all day to do that? And he said, because you were all damned up. While you laid in the bed feeling sorry for yourself, I couldn't help you. But the moment you got your eyes off yourself and you got your eyes on someone other than yourself and you helped, you turned loose of the anointing on you and that anointing you released. I didn't heal your body. All I did was replenish the anointing that was dormant inside of you and it healed you when it came back in. That's why you want to operate in the gifts because the more you give, the more you get, and the less you give, the less you have. Mom, listen to me. Anytime you're going through a problem, I will tell you, God will send somebody across your path with a bigger problem than you have so you can help them out. And when you help them, the same anointing. See, you're a pipe. When that anointing flows through you to them, it flows through you to fix what you are having because you are too selfish. Do you understand that? All right. All right. That's pretty good. All right. <laughs> so, so the gifts are a way for us to help people. That has to be your motive. My motive is to help you. Okay, do you understand? You know, when we take up offerings, do you really think I sit back there and count your money? Are you out of your mind? We spend it on you. <laughs> I wish I could keep it, but I can't keep it. No, I don't really care. I don't even care. All right. All right. Now, now, this is something we're going to, what time is it? Right. This is something we're going to get in because I want you to look back over here at the gifts of spirit. And write this down if you're taking notes. There is three utterance gifts, three power gifts, and three revelation gifts of the spirit. They're not all the same. They all, they all work differently and they have a different purpose. So the question comes up is which gift is the best gift? The answer is whatever you need. All right, listen. If you have been out in the ocean all day in salt water, the best gift you ever had in your life is shade and cold water. But if you're laying in a swimming pool, maybe the best gift someone gave you is a T-bone steak. Or if you're up in the northern part of the United States, maybe the best gift would be a good down coat. Listen, you can't determine that there's any such a thing as one gift is better than the other. It depends on the person you're ministering to, what they need at the time. So, so that's why, see, nobody has the gifts. Now, there, are, there, there is going to be a good chance that you're going to operate more in one than, the, than another one. For instance, Catherine may operate in, in, in you know, prophecy uh, to a, in a different way than, than I do. Mary Fran is a prophet, and so am I. But God don't use me nothing like he does Mary Fran. I'm going to tell you how he uses me. 
there are times when he will tell me something he wants me to do, and he gives it to me in a sermon. Very prophetic. And I'll go to a place and say, I'm here to give you a word from the Lord. And it usually comes out in a sermon. Now, in the middle of it, I'm going to go over times when, when it happens with people giving them words. But because you know me and you know that I know you, it's really not going to work real well for me to give you a word. And you go, oh, heck, we talked about that last week. But if I can give you the word of God, see, you leave this church often going, I, I didn't know that. I, that's exactly what I, I needed to hear. I, he is listening in my house. And you know what's funnier? And don't, when, you're, when, I, when, I, when you walk out, don't tell me. Because I'll walk up and lean on you and start talking. And, and I don't know, I'm talking to Catherine. And I don't know I'm talking to Catherine. So she gets up and goes, who told you? I go, who told me what? About. I go, you did? I did not. Yeah, just now. I had no idea what I was saying. But because I walked up and leaned on her, she's like, oh, that's so embarrassing. But even I didn't know it. God's not a tattletale. There's a lot of times I go, well, this is for somebody, you won't tell me who it is. Like the lady the day I said, someone here needs to come back to God. She could have come up. She, she didn't have to go to Winn-Dixie. <laughs> Fall out in the maters and taters. I don't know who she was. I did later. Are you looking at me? Do you not know, did you not hear that story? You didn't. You don't know anything about the story? You heard the story. You've heard the story. Ask him. He heard the story. <laughs> so there's utterance gifts, there's power gifts, and there's revelation gifts. Now, the utterance gifts are tongues, prophecy, and interpretation. The power gifts are faith. This is not the same faith that you used to get born again. I'm going to explain. Let me just jump way ahead of myself. You will never raise someone from the dead without the gift of faith being in operation. You cannot develop your faith for that. Let me stop right now. I'm, I'm, I'm several years ago, and I don't know how long ago was it when Barbara Neff was here, Lisa. Five, ten, over five years ago, easy. Um, um, trying to think of her name. I'm, I'm, I'm driving down the road. My mother called me and said, Daryl, you got hurricanes in Florida. What are you going to do about it? And I said, Mama, probably nothing. <laughs> oh, uh, you know, I'm like, I don't want to hear this mess, you know. <laughs> and then it was Karen Mosley. It wasn't a half an hour later, Karen Mosley called me. There's hurricanes in Florida. What are you going to do about it? And I said, Karen, probably nothing. And so I'm driving down the road. I can tell you where I was. What's that road up there, Pond Can, where the curves are? I'm coming around the curse. I can remember right where I was. I said, God, you know people are going to die. This is the one that was headed straight into West Palm Beach from out in the Atlantic. And I said, you know, you know people are going to die, don't you? That's all I said to God. He said, tell it to slow down. Now, he didn't say tell it to stop. Are y'all listening? I, I wish I could have said, stop. He didn't say, tell it to stop. Have you ever wondered why Jesus showed up at Lazarus' tomb four days later? Because it wouldn't have done him a bit of good to show up early. And now that messed up denominational Christians' mind. Oh, he's son of God. He's the way he wants it. No, he can't either. So I'm coming around the corner, and I said, you know people are going to die. You know that. He said, you tell it to slow down. I'm listening to Z88.3. And I, and I remembered, I looked up from my truck. It's, ama it's amazing how you can see something in the spirit realm. And I saw that this hurricane had two black eyes. I could see it for a moment in the spirit realm. 
What came on me was the gift of faith. I don't walk around with hurricane slow down faith. And you don't either. And so I uttered, whatever its name was, slow down in Jesus' name. And, that, and I, remember, I, I remember, it wasn't a couple minutes later on seat. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The hurricane went from a cat five down to a cat three. Oh, well, what happened? And everybody's freaking out. And I went, that's cool. That was cool, God. And it sat out there for one more day. Didn't move. Then it came in. Why? I have another motto. There is a God, and I'm not him. You, 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 there's too many people running around trying to play God. You're not God. If he says do it, you do what he says. But that that was the gift of faith and a word of knowledge operating together in the gifts of the Spirit. And it came on me. I did it, and it lifted because he doesn't want me to say anything else with that faith on me. Y'all want to hear something? Now, I want you to imagine. The gift of faith comes on me. I just speak to a hurricane, and the person in front of me slows down. I go, go, get off the road, idiot. <laughs> and the car just flies off in the air. No, I'm, that, that's true. It's true. That's why God doesn't put it on you and leave it on you. <laughs> too many goofy people running around killing everybody with their mouth. Sun stands still for a month. You know, you just, everybody's going, I don't know what happened. And God goes, I shouldn't have left it on him so long. I mean, he's got, this is funny. This is true, though. This is true. So those are the, that's the gift of faith in operation. That's the word of knowledge in operation. Now, have I prayed over hurricanes? Yes. Have I seen God answer prayer? Yes. But that was a complete demonstration of the gift of faith in operation. And praying for Nancy when she had died and gone to hell was the, was the gift of faith and operation. Now, I can't turn it on. You cannot walk around raising everybody. That's why people come in and go, I laid hands on my cat and it prayed and nothing happened. Well, really. Pray all you want to. Nobody's stopping you from praying. But if God the Holy Ghost hooks up with you. Now, let me stop you for a minute. Have you ever been kind of praying along and, you know, in English? And all of a sudden, a boldness comes on you and you're like... I said, listen, those are, that's the Holy Ghost. Do that. Do that. There's, there's, there's things you'll do in the spirit realm because you got over in the spirit. Now that's why it's fun to pray. And you'll see it happen up here like Sunday nights. I mean, we walk around up here and all of a sudden, you know, there's things we start praying. I hadn't, I I didn't come in here with a list of things I'm going to pray about. And all of a sudden, I'm saying some stuff. And it's God. And you need to sit back and hook up with me. By God, this is about to change in this place. Now, if I had my way about it, we'd just say, millions come, millions come. (laughs) I know you would too. Hallelujah. Go to Philippians chapter 2. And now I'm going to get into Jesus for a minute. I got 17, 18 minutes. Now, what I'm about to say is very, 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 very important. Because if I don't, people, the, the, the whole concept that Jesus did, everything he did because he was God, is totally wrong. Well, I wish that if I said that in some churches, they would throw me out. Was Jesus God when he was born? How many miracles did he do from the time he was born until he was baptized by John? None. It says in the book of John... When he did the miracle of the wine, this was the beginning of miracles. 
Jesus never did anything walking the earth as God. He did it as a man anointed by the Holy Ghost. How God, Acts 10, 38, anointed Jesus of Nazareth, a man. Listen, listen very, 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 very carefully. When we use the name of Jesus, what makes it powerful is that that's the name of a man. Not God. You watch Christian movies and they say Christ, 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 and never mention his name. That's doctrinally illiterate ignorance. He did not operate as God. He never did anything unless the Holy Ghost said do it. You won't either. All right, now see that, okay, Philippians, I'm going to read it to you. Verse 5, 2, 5. Let this mind be in you which is in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself no reputation, and he took the form of a bondservant and came in the likeness of man. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name. The name Jesus is the name of a man because we needed a person, a human, seated at the right hand of God to represent us. God needed God to sit at his right hand and represent him. So therefore, we have the God-man. But when God is talking to you in the Bible, it's always Christ Jesus. When you're talking to God, it's always Jesus Christ. We refer to the humanity of God. He refers to the deity of God. Are y'all getting this? So it had to be a man that defeated Satan, and he had to defeat him as a man. Therefore, he had to walk the earth and be tempted in all points as a man. So therefore, all of the gifts, all the miracles he did, he did it as a man. He didn't do anything because he was God. I just hair-lipped every church in the city. But now that's the reason you hear people say, well, you know God knows. Well, isn't that wonderful? Well, he does knows, but he ain't doing anything because he knows. He's going to use you. And if he don't use you, he ain't got nobody to use. He only has one body. If he doesn't use you, the job will not get done. All right, now let's, I'm going to run out of time here. i got 15 minutes, but listen to me. You are not going to be able to get your job done to minister the word without the Holy Ghost any more than Jesus Christ could. So the church today is failing miserably. Because we have church without the Holy Ghost. We don't need the Holy Ghost. We got Jesus. We go and sing two hymns to hers and listen to a sermon and go home. And all the while, why God, why? And we don't realize that, that now we're going to get into this later. The baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues is the doorway into the gifts of the Spirit. You will not walk into a non-tongue-talking church and ever see a miracle. You, won't, you just ain't happening. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? All right. And the reason you don't see it in charismatic churches is because, like I said, the pastor usually is like, just forget that. I don't want to put up with the people. So uh, hopefully, hopefully, you know, you guys will be more gracious with me. See, when we're, let me, let me come back to that for a minute. When we're having a worship service, 99 and 9 tenths of the time, the word you're getting is for you. Don't hang your underwear out in front of everybody. 
that if you have a word, I'm not going to give you a mic if I don't know you. So you might want to hang around me so I know what you're made out of. So if you have a word and I don't know you, I'll just go, thank you, please sit down. But if I know you and I trust you, got some sense, then I may let you give it. But if you walk up here with your Bible and you, you know, there's times what you're picking up in the spirit is the same thing he's saying to me. You're just picking up in the spirit what the Holy Ghost is saying. I've already heard from him what we're fixing to do. And you remember in the story of Elijah and Elisha? And he says, you know, you're going to take your master from you. And he says, I know it. Shut up. You're, you're not, it's not new news. Everybody in the building that knows the Holy Ghost knows what's fixing to happen. That's not a sign you're supposed to stand up and start prophesying. Come on, y'all. Now, I might say go for the sake of people. But if you hijack the church, I'll never let you do it again. Boy, that's good. Is this all right? Do you all understand all this? Okay. There is a time for tongues interpretation. There's a time for prophecy. There's a time because there's things that God wants to say. It's not in my notes. It's not in my, it's nothing. The prophecy came forth Sunday. It wasn't nothing, not in my notes. And none of that's in my notes. But he doesn't tell me before I come because he doesn't want me to study it and preach on it. He just wants me to go do what I was going to do, but in the meantime, I'm fixing to interrupt you. I have something I want to say to my church, and then he'll move on. Now, why does he pull out one or two people for healing, not everybody? Oh, boy. Your children, some of them need help with their homework. Some of them need to go upstairs and get their books out and just, you understand? And so you have two kids coming in, mommy, mommy, help me. You look at one of them and say, sit down with your books. The other one, you don't go on upstairs. Help me too. I already helped you. Go upstairs. You're helping sissy. I know I'm helping sissy. Shut up and go upstairs. I almost spank you if you don't go upstairs. <laughs> and so I'm not God. I don't, I don't know why he don't say something to everybody. I have had people that I prayed, oh, God, why haven't you helped him? Why haven't you helped him? Why haven't you helped him? And six months later, I found out he was a lying crook and thieving, sorry, good-for-nothing human being. Running around on his wife and stealing money. And I'm, 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 I'm wanting to minister to him. And God's going, uh, I'm not talking to him. And I'm going, come on, God, help me, help me, help me. And he won't even talk to me about this person. I don't know. That doesn't mean if you don't get a word, you're sorry, good-for-nothing, low-down dog. <laughs> It just means that he may, you, he may be waiting on you. You already know what to do. I had a man give me a word from the Lord one day. He walked up and said, the Lord told me to tell you, you already know what to do. Just do it. Quit asking him. I went, okay. I mean, I'm going, oh, God, help me. You know what to do. Hush. You just, know, you just don't want to do what I said. <laughs> Boy, this is good. Luke 3, let's, let's look at a couple here. We've got a few minutes to talk about Jesus and the Holy Ghost. Is this helping you all out? Good. Luke 3, 21. Oh, this is where Jesus got baptized in the Holy Ghost. All right. Let's read this because we're going to read them all. 321. And all the people were baptized. It came to pass. Jesus was baptized. He prayed and the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form as a dove on him. And the voice came from heaven and said, you're my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Now go to Luke 4 verse 1. Jesus filled with the Holy Ghost returned from the Jordan was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Who led him out there? Yes. Holy Ghost. He's going to lead you some places you don't want to go to. All right, Luke 4, 14. He was tempted by the devil and says, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Oh, oh, oh. 
He goes filled, comes out in power. What was the difference? His consecration to God. He separated himself unto God. There are times when God will lead you places and, and, and he'll set you down and there's a time of consecration. Sometimes the greatest trials you're ever going through in your life are in preparation for what he has for you. You got some tests you, got some tests you gotta pass. You understand this? So there's times in my life that God would put me on hold and stick me on the back burner and I'm back there going, God, I mean like, help me out. And he was getting me ready for another phase. So Jesus comes out full of the Spirit of God. Now, let's see if we can find another one here. Um, 18 and 19, 4, 18. And then he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach. What, now, what did he give the credit to? He, the Holy Ghost. He anointed me to preach the gospel, to heal the sick, to, he, to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, recover sight to the blind, set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book. And he said, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now, he made a statement. He said, because God filled me with the Holy Ghost, this is going to begin happening. Now, you learn this in Acts 2. When you were born again Christian, and listen, just listen as I say these words. In John 20, Jesus breathed on the apostles and said, receive the Holy Spirit. They were born again. Acts 2 is not being born again again. He said, don't leave Jerusalem until you're endued with what? Power. Now, you need more than just telling someone about Jesus. You need the gifts of the Holy Ghost operating to set captives free. Are you all out there? So that is a time for you to be filled. See, you're being filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues is really more for the world around you than it is for you. It's for you. Don't get me wrong. So let me, let me say this because I'm running out of time. When, when Lisa and I first got married, I had a ministry in the Bahamas. And I used to go over there one week every year and preach the gospel. We would show the Jesus film, and we would walk down the streets and tell people about the film. And they'd come, and they'd hear the gospel, and we'd preach the gospel. Well, what's, what, the guy's name's Dexter, right, Lisa? There's a guy named Dexter. I walked up to him. He had a beer bottle in his hand. And, he, and I said, hey, Dexter, I want to talk to you about Jesus. And Dexter looked at me with every devil in hell looking through his eyes and said, I will kill you and somehow or another that didn't seem to face me because there's something happens when you're filled with the holy ghost you become pretty you become pretty fearless there is a boldness that comes on you because you pray a lot in the holy ghost so i said oh no dexter i don't die i was crucified with christ and so i pushed him a little bit and i said dexter let me talk to you about jesus on it and i start talking to him about jesus and i looked at him i said you can i pray can i I forgot what I said. It's something to him. And he said, I will kill you. Now, he's a big old black guy. He has a bear in his hands, and he looks like he could kill me. And I think this happened about three times. Lisa, tell me if I'm right. He said, finally, I stopped. On the inside of me, the Holy Ghost kind of arrested me and said, ask him, can you lay hands on him and pray? Now, now, see, I shifted from me talking to him about John 3.16. And I shifted over, and the Holy Ghost said, and I said, Dexter, may I lay my hands on you? And he goes, I guess so. <laughs> and I reached up, and I took my hand, and I laid it on him, and I said, in the name of Jesus. Now, Lisa, help me. I don't know what else I said to Dexter. That beer bottle fell out of his hands. His eyes watered up. I mean, the Holy Ghost hit that boy. He stood there in front of me and shook and started weeping in front of me. And I said, Can, would you like to know about Jesus? He said, I would love to know about Jesus. And, he, and I mean, instantly delivered by the power of God. Now, folks, listen, listen, I know you've been out preaching the gospel, but, but he said he anointed you to set the captives free. You, listen, you're not out there by yourself. You have an anointing on you to minister to the people. It's not just all pass out a track, scratch a name off, they got saved. 
you need this guy called the Holy Ghost. And he sat right there and gave his heart to Jesus and, and wept and cried and prayed with him and hugged him. And I mean, you talking about instantly. It, it was so powerful coming out of me that Lisa will tell you that when I walked away, I shook for five minutes. I stood and just shook. I started crying so hard. I, I, it, how, how do you describe that to somebody? I was just, I mean, it was so strong on me. That it shook me. Anyway, after that, we walked. Got time for one more? I was in the Bahamas when we were in, um, where's that island with the fig tree, baby? Yeah. There was a, boy, a little boy, and they brought him to the crusade one night. And, and, they, and they said, this little boy drowned today. We got him off the bottom of the ocean. And we pumped the water out of him. And he was, what, about this tall little kid. And I walked up to him, and he, and this is, and I led him to the Lord that night, and I prayed for him to be born again. And this is, I, I walked to him, and I said, is your name so-and-so? Well, well. He's, part of his body is still not working. I think like, like half of his body, he can talk out of one side of his mouth, the other side of the mouth isn't moving. And part of his body is not moving. He's kind of limping like this. He's just a little kid. And so I said, can I pray for your healing? He goes, well. And I just reached up and laid my hands on him, prayed for him in the name of Jesus. Well, a year later, we're back in the same place under the fig tree preaching the gospel. This kid walks up to me about that tall. And he goes, Remember me? I said, nope. He said, you prayed for me to get saved last year. I said, I pray for a lot of people to get saved. He said, you remember the little boy that's drowned? I said, yeah, a little kid? He goes, yeah, I kind of got bigger. <laughs> I sat there and wept. I said, are you serious? He said, thank you. I've been waiting a year to thank you for leading me to the Lord and praying for me. Now, folks, listen, I know that everybody needs to get saved and go to heaven. Do yeah. so you think that little kid was really happy that we believe a little more than that? Yeah. I mean, he could have been the rest of his life and going to heaven. We need to quit making excuses for the fact that we're leaving people all screwed up everywhere we go. Yeah. Now, we're going to get in this next week. We're out of time. But you, people still have to have a hungry heart. Not everywhere Jesus went did they receive it. If you're going to go someplace and they don't receive it, you're not going to do anything. Don't get all bent out of shape that you prayed for someone they didn't get it. Mark 6, Jesus prayed in his own hometown and nothing happened but a few people with minor ailments. You cannot push your faith on someone else. And quit trying. If they're not receiving it and they don't want what you got, leave them alone. Pray for them at home. God opened the door for me. Run around trying to get people saved that don't want to get saved and get a miracle that don't want a miracle. That's why people are constantly saying, I prayed for them and nothing happened. Well, why don't you ask them for a little while what they're believing? Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. Now, see, that kid, that was, partial, that was partly my faith. I had faith to believe that I'd lay hands on him, he'd be healed. But he needed to cooperate with me. And he believed that if I laid hands on him, he'd be healed. And he was. I didn't have some wild you know, prayer over this kid. Just lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. I prayed, Brother Hagin said he's prayed for people that died in the healing line. Pray for them. What, did they fall out? No, they died. Go to the next one. You are not responsible for the gospel. You're not responsible to prove it's true. You don't know what's in that person. Let's go back real, real fast. You remember in Mark 6, 5, he could no, do, no, do no mighty work there unbelief. And then it says he went through their village teaching. A lot of times people are ignorant. They don't know. You know, if I went into a good, old-fashioned, wonderful denominational church and preached on the baptism of the Holy Ghost, if you gave me time, I could get more and fill with the Spirit. But they need to be taught. A lot of times people that need healing, they need to be taught. But if you want a magic wand, uh, that's not going to work always. Does this make sense? So don't come whining, ah, it didn't work, Pastor, I prayed, it didn't work. Well, I, I've got a lot of people I prayed for didn't make it. 
I have taken people I prayed for and I took it to heart to where it visibly upset me they didn't get healed. I was in the hospital room not too long ago with a lady dying of cancer. The Holy Ghost on me was so strong you could cut it with a knife. And it was strong on me. And I knew that she was going to get out of that bed. And she died. And I walked on. I said, Father, what happened? He didn't answer me. Kind of like, I'm not telling you. That's between me and her. And I said, God, I know you sent me in there anointed to go pray for her. And he did. Is this helping? Okay, so when, when we come back next week, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get into the gifts of the Spirit, all nine gifts, the difference between word of knowledge, word of wisdom, um, tongues, interpretation, prophecy, why we, why we have different gifts, how to operate in them, and I'll, I'll do my best to teach you how to yield to God and start operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Okay? Is that fair? Not real sure how exactly it's going to go because I hadn't sat down and I only work on a sermon at one sermon at a time. I just work on one and I go deliver that like a baby. But then when we come back, we're going to stay on this for a while because I want to see you operating a lot more in the gifts during your day, your everyday life, etc., etc. Is that fair enough? So let's pray. Father God, thank you for your goodness. Uh, we've had a good time in here tonight learning about you and the Holy Ghost. I am praying for a return of the gifts of the Spirit in this church and in our lives and, and an increase of them because I feel we need that in the time we're living in. And so we give you praise and honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless all of you. Thank you for coming to church. I love every one of y'all. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.